the Augustin Hosinga show with your host Augustin Hosinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Hello there and welcome back to the Agostino Zynga show with I, your host Agostino Zynga and this is episode number 672. That is 672 of the Agostino Zynga show and I hope wherever this podcast may find you, you are doing splendid and you are doing fine wherever you may be. How am I? I'm amazing all things considered. I'm absolutely amazing. I'm absolutely amazing. I've been training a bunch. I've been reading a bunch. I've been working hard at work, working hard at home and doing all the things that I need to do to make sure that I'm productive and I'm doing the things that I need in order to pursue and to achieve my dreams. Because I can't handle this with nine to five anymore. <laughs> you know the pain? You know the pain? But yeah, apart from that, what else has been going on? Oh, I've been watching some decent TV actually. For once, there's been some decent TV, which I'm going to obviously speak about later on in the pod. Stuff like um, Bosch Legacy has been pretty good to watch. I'm enjoying Silo, which is a decent new sci-fi that's just started. An adaptation from a book. Citadel is really horrible, but I'm still enjoying it for a little bit that it is available. Um, And what else? I can't think of much else I'm watching that's good. But those two so far are pretty decent. And I think Barry season four, as much as I'm enjoying it, it doesn't hit the same as the first two seasons. Clearly, it's kind of falling off a cliff. But considering it is the last season ever, I'm going to stick with it and hoping the writers are going to be able to put together a decent ending and wrap it up in a nice, tight little bow for me. A nice, tight little bow. So talking about bows talking about tight talking about dancing we ain't talking about that but i'm going to talk about it recently it has been revealed it has been finally revealed the bergheim june 2023 lineup and i am over the moon because it feels like it's come a little bit before the date is meant to come i have a feeling it's usually the six on the sixth day the month before they usually put out the lineup it feels like or maybe later i'm not really too sure but either way happy it is here and the lineup is very, very interesting um, so far from what I've been able to kind of glean. A lot of cool people that I definitely want to go see. But if you're looking for a real barnstormer of a flipping Bergheim lineup with loads of big names and whatnot, this isn't the one for you. There were far bigger names in like, you know, previous months that you could have gone to. This one is definitely for the heads, it feels like. But there is still some surprises that I'm like, huh? How the diggity diggity duke did this person end up playing on there? The first one I want to mention before we get into the ones I love is the ones I'm not really too fond of is this lineup here on the Thursday. 
So it seems like it's a new night they're putting on. Maybe it's like more catered towards people that are going to be performing live. I'm not really too sure. Or maybe this is just what they usually do in the sour room. They put on nights on Thursdays. But this is an event. It's called Weirdos with um free ease because, you know, if you want to be a weirdo, you got to really state it. You're a weirdo. And it features a person called Abyss X, a person called Miss Parker, a person called Shake, and then it's got this person here, Chippy Nonstop. Just, you know, just for pure, you know, pure honesty sake, this woman must have the best agent in the world because the clips I've seen of her playing and her persona that she puts out online, I'm sure it's a different, you know, behind the scenes and when you meet her in person, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure she's a lovely person. Not really, you know, discussing that. Just more discussing the artistry or lack thereof. How does somebody who is demonstrably terrible at what they do, in my opinion, from the clips that I've seen her play, it's just terrible. The music is terrible. The mixing is terrible. The taste is terrible. Um, the dancing is terrible. Everything about it is terrible. Even the looks. I know I'm not someone to flip and try and discuss a woman's physical attributes. That's not what I'm saying. But the outfits themselves are pretty crap, in my personal opinion. Not the most, um, um, I don't know, just not the greatest outfits behind the deck. So all of that smaz and pizzazz, all of that lack of rhythm, all of that lack of taste. But still, you end up reaching the heady heights of playing in the illustrious space that is Bergheim. Which makes me think she even must have an incredible agent or booker or i might be the one that's a dummy and she legitimately is as amazing as this booking would you know, lead you to believe because you'd imagine being booked at Burkhine is sort of like your you know it's sort of like a confirmation um that you are doing really well that you are amazing at what you do that the scene has recognized you for your talents and your expertise and this is now the stamp that you need to say hey you're official right you're legit you're really good you're sick you're nang keep doing what you're doing i'm not really too sure if this person needs a new encouragement i'm not gonna lie because of the clips i've seen so far it's just been horrendous i can't imagine paying cardhold money to go and see this person play it will be an absolute horror but again another part of me thinks you know what that's part of the beauty of Bergheim, and that's part of the beauty of that big space because i feel like if that club was anywhere else in the world they would only book the biggest of the biggest. They wouldn't bother trying to, you know, bring up some smaller quote-unquote acts. They wouldn't um, try and foster in um, and platform newer labels. They wouldn't take a chance on people. They'll just book the same old top 50 resident advisor DJs of all time from the DJ polls on DJ Mag or Mix Mag, whatever you're going to get them, and just book them, have, a, have them just recycling through. It'll just be the same old faces. But instead of what they do, they freshen it up always and they're always introducing new and fresh people even if i don't like them i really do approach i really do kind of appreciate that type of approach because it gives people like myself a guy stuck in the doldrums of london somewhere bedroom djing playing in bars for a hundred dollars it gives me the hope that one day <laughs> i too can play there because if that person if fucking chippy non-stop can play there then everyone's got a fucking chance that's my humble opinion on that one but moving back to the absolutely amazing part of the lineup which i think is absolutely stacked um first of all just going to go through quickly the panorama bars because i think the panorama bar rooms are legitimately underrated 
The first one I want to mention is the Panorama Bar Room on Friday, the 2nd of June, which is called Love on the Rocks, which features somebody that I've been a big fan of, and I'm proud to say this, unabashed fan of Tiny. Um, that whole house sound of like the early 2000s, minimal type thing. Tiny was at the forefront of it. Loads of great productions, loads of great, you know, remixes. And I haven't really seen her play in Panorama Bar or seen her book there in a while. It feels like maybe ever. I'm not really too sure. I'm sure she has played it in the past, but it feels like it's been a while. So with the fact of getting someone like an Oscar Molero that played there, um, you know, a couple of months ago, I think, or last month, and the fact that they're getting Tiny there, it feels like, you know, the scene is healing again. Everything is coming back to life again. So I'm also about that. Of course, uh, Paramita is going to be playing with it being Love of the Rocks. That's going to be sick. Uh, Paramita is essentially like an unofficial resident DJ. So that will be pretty sick. I'm pretty fond of that one. Scrolling down, we go to the Panorama Bar the following weekend, which is on the Friday, the 6th of June. And this is Jack Your Body. And this is another sick, sick, sick lineup. It features Honey Dijon, Luke Solomon, Nix, and one of my favorites who again i discovered courtesy of whore so big up that platform red pig flower red pig flower superb superb so if you want a bit of acid you want a bit of house you want a bit of jack in house you want to just jump around and dance this is definitely the place to go to friday the 6th of june jack your body in para sorry, in panorama bar then the next panorama bar the following week from that is friday the 16th of june which is cream cake and the the reason why I love this is because I don't know anybody on that lineup. I don't know a single DJ on that fucking lineup. There's Zombie. There's someone called Cash Cora. There's someone called Don Kada. Someone called Hannah Diamond. Someone called Monrex. Mon uh, M M sorry, Monren Triple X. Sorry. Someone called One Ton Witch. Someone called XD Eric. This is why I think Bergheim is the best club in the world. Because like I said, any other club in the world that was the Bergheim, they would only book the best of the best DJs and they wouldn't give any up-and-coming people a chance to play there. It would just be the home of the best of the best. Nothing else, nothing more. And it would obviously run stale after a time, but there'll be no avenue, no opportunity for you to play in such an illustrious venue, in such a great sound system, facilities, legend, great crowd. It wouldn't happen. So the fact that I don't know any of these people is a credit to Panorama Bar and what they do over there. So big up them. Then the following Panorama Bar, which I really do like as well, is this one here, which is Hammer Nights on the 23rd of June. This one's going to be a really good one because it's all back-to-back -back sets, which you don't get too often in Panorama Bar, it feels like. A lot of people play there usually on their own. But this Panorama Bar back-to-back -back set is going to be really cool because there's a few label mates playing on here. So number one, you have Bashka playing back-to-back -back with Nini H. I think that's going to be pretty sick, especially considering you know Bashka's new kind of EP and whatnot and tunes that have dropped recently. Then you have Rosa Terenzi back to back with Isabella playing. And then you have Sedef Assi back to back with Bambuno, who I think is going to be, that's probably going to be a standout. Obviously, I'm, I'll be curious to see what Bashka and, and Nindy H do back to back. Um, you know, kind of playing alongside your boss must be a little bit weird. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but yeah, that might be interesting to see. But Bashka did um, destroy and play really sick at Unfold from what I've been led to believe from browsing social media. People are really big fans of that. And then Sedefasi, you know, and Bamboo is somewhat the admirable been a big fan of. You know, he's got a good social media presence and just generally is a bit of a lad behind the decks anyway. So, that's going to be a bit of a vibe and then we move on and the final panorama bar of the month is going to be your love which features calypso bang chima tesoro 
Guinance, Lakuti and Tamasoma. That's going to be an absolute vibe. There's going to be a lot of love in the air, a lot of disco, a lot of Afro beats, um, a lot of international sounds, a lot of alternative sounds, just really a bright and fresh sort of vibe to kind of go to uh, Panama Bar 4. So if you are a fan or you're curious about going Bergheim, those are probably some decent nights to go and check out. And then the rest of it, in terms of Bergheim nights, are just all stacked. There's way too many to mention here. Um, the first one on the 3rd of June, you've got Terence Fixema um, playing which I'm a big fan of. Gerd Janssen, Panama Bar, on that Saturday is going to be sick. So big up that one. Always a good time. Um, the following weekend, you have, who do I'm, who am I a big fan of? Rod Had here. I'm really curious to go see. I would love to see Cormac play at Panama Bar as well. The Disco King. Mike Starr's another favourite of mine. Zombies in Miami. So already, you've already got like, you know, four people that you could go see on that one day, the 10th of the 6th. That's going to be an absolute slaughter fest. Then you continue on the 17th. You have Darwin, I'm a big fan of as well. Um, James Rushkin, of course, UK stand-up. Uh, F. Demin playing, big fan of that one. And then who else is, um, no one else on there. Couple looking for Balana are pretty good as well. Um, then what else do you have here? Oh, and then of course the 24th is going to be the one that everyone's going to be probably into because there's a lot of local heroes there that are probably going to bring the crowds, um, especially Freddie K and LOL Snake. Um, they've got a nice little decent contingent of people out there in Berlin who are big fans of them and just internationally so they're going to be on it. And then of course in Panama Bar, you've got Soft Crash, which is going to be fucking sick. Soundstream, Van Ann, like all of these, like just too many, too many killers to mention on here. But yeah, it's a pretty decent lineup for June. Um, like I said, I think in general, this isn't one that's going to be chock full of like big headliners and stuff, but it is one for the heads. And I feel like if you are wanting to have a real experience of what Bergheim is like, because I'm a bit, I'm a bit caught in two minds because in one sense, going to like a Sylvester, going to like a May Day, going to all these like special occasions that they do. It's quite nice because you get to see the club at its full capacity, right? On its tilt. You get to see people from all over the world, the regulars, um, fellow artists. Like, it's just crazy, right? Inside it. It's ripping goes off. But on the other side of things, too, I think for the first experience, it's probably decent to go to maybe the week after one of those big public holiday events or whatnot. And to re-experience what the real kind of Bergheim is like, vibe-wise. Because you usually get a lot more regulars, there's less tourists, there's more room to move around and dance and shit. And you just get a different sort of vibe and a feel for what you're experiencing. Um, I'm really a big fan of that pride because I feel like the special occasions, they always feel like everybody's going in there with an energy of like, this is going to be my best night ever. This is like my Project X. Where the like if you go on like a regular night, people are just going out there like it's a regular night. And they're not putting too much expectation into it. And you can kind of feel it in the atmosphere somewhat. So those are usually the best place to go to so you can pick from literally any of these dates and some of these dates as well look at this especially on the um, the first of the month you've got an event happening in that main building from thursday all the way to saturday basically from thursday till monday morning if you want right you've got an event in saw panama bar burger and panama bar and then that obviously leads on to monday so the june lineup is absolutely stacked absolutely amazing i can't wait to go back again my plan for now is to go back in july that's my kind of plan and maybe go twice. I think going to go in the middle of July because that party cocktail day more is happening at Club Ost, which is one of the 
best and legendary sort of club nights they do out there in Berlin. Um, mostly kind of steered towards the queer gay scene, but still I go just for the vibes and it's just generally one of the best disco parties I've been to in a very, very long time, especially because, you know, they don't usually book super big headliners. I think the biggest person they may have booked there might have been someone like a honey or something. Most of it is like friends and family, still legit, but it's not like crazy, crazy big names. So that's always a good time. So I'm looking forward to going to that middle of July and then whatever is around. I don't really care who's playing else. If someone else is playing, I'll go. But the main sort of uh, mark is to kind of go there and then hopefully try and go at the end of July again for, uh, what's, it, what's it called? The Kreuzberg Festival, I think. I think that's what it's called. There's like a Kreuzberg Festival thing happening, if I'm not mistaken, in Berlin around July. Let me see. I think it's a Kreuzberg Festival. Is it Kreuz? How do you spell that? Kreuz, Ber Kreuzberg Festival, right? July. I'm pretty sure. There's something happening around July-ish, a festival happening. Maybe I've got a date wrong. Let me see if it loads up here. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. End. Oh, shit. It's end of June, not end of July. My bad. I got my months wrong. So there's a Kreuzberg festival happening at the end of June, which obviously might be a bit of a lick to go to, actually. That might actually be a little bit of a situation. We'll see what, what happens when it happens. But looking forward to all the occasions happening there. Oh, the reason why I think I mentioned is because I think, um, what's they called? Uh, Toy Tonics. I think Toy Tonics are putting on an event there. I think that's why I actually want to go. So if I probably put this up like this and I go Toy Tonics. Oh, they've got a band camp. Let's see if they've got an events listing stuff on the band camp. Because I think they've got a Toy Tonics event happening during that. Um, okay, no, no events on there. So let's go on Toy Tonics via RA and see if they've got there. But I'm pretty sure Toy Tonics, which is one of my favorite, legitimately one of my favorite, um, you know, uh, Berlin sort of collectives in terms of doing the house music and the disco for sure if you want to kind of vibe and I obviously went there in February had a fucking sick time and I think they are doing the event during the Kreuzberg Festival if I'm not mistaken let me see if I'm not mistaken here by checking RA and seeing their promoters page but I'm pretty sure it's a Kreuzberg Festival in July that they're doing just going to repeat that one more time to stall because <laughs> the computer's running in triple time so yeah there we go you're scrolling down yep there we go we got one in Hamburg we've got an event in Aden Italomania what else do we have here uh is it continuing come on brother give me something give me something give me something we got one in Ven Mendia. It's loading again. Let's see. May, June, July. Yeah, there you go. See? There you go. There you go. Oh, no, it's not even on there, is it? Okay, it's not listed on there just yet, it feels like. But I do remember them having it on there, if I'm not mistaken. Let's do one more last thing. I think if I go on the Toy Tonics Instagram, it should have it on there. Let's see. But I'm pretty sure... They had an event. I need to double just just for my own sanity because I don't want to be, you know, booking in stuff and thinking about going places and I've got the dates completely wrong. That would be a complete failure on my end. So let me just double check this and make sure that I've got the right date set up. But I'm sure I saw something during the Kreuzberg Festival for Flipping Toy Tonics. This should make a lot more sense to me. Let's see. Let's see. It's loading. There we go. Yeah, there we go. It's on that poster. So yeah, I knew I wasn't wrong. So it's okay. It's, it is the end of July. So if you see this poster here, that I think her name is Virginia. I think she's an artist on Toytonics and she's holding a poster and they've got an event here on the 29th of um, July 
um festal kreuzberg is happening so if you want to do that that's also a pretty good option for the next few months happening but i'm going to keep my eye out in the middle of july and end of july for my dates of what i want to do but yeah moving on from that one of course let's talk about some tv series i've been watching so I've been watching and having a really good time enjoying Bosch Legacy. I'm not too sure if that's the kind of stuff that you guys will be into or if you care about that kind of thing. But considering that there's not a lot of good TV out, um, I'm a fan of stuff like The Wire, Narcos, Sopranos, um, Gomorrah, 000. These kind of like thriller, quasi-crime series that are written really well. They have amazing dialogue, amazing acting. They're a bit slow burn, but they really kind of take you on a journey and somewhat teach you something, right? It's not just like people speaking for the sake of it. They're actually informing you on things and kind of opening your eyes to different scenarios and different viewpoints and whatnot. And there's not a lot of it nowadays, right? TV, I feel like, isn't as sophisticated as it once was. It's kind of been a bit dumbed down because people just, I guess, maybe just want that kind of entertainment um it's not really for me but i also know that the stuff that i'm into isn't necessarily going to be blockbuster right it's not going to be it well it's going to be blockbuster it's not going to be netflix that's for sure right um yeah I've, um what just saying someone is saying in the chat po9 says uh the shield of course i watched the shield man one of the best cop dramas of all time of course i watched the shield we have a we have a tv show here in the uk also that i think is on the same level as the shield and i'll die on that hill and that's the bill that's also a legendary police drama that I think has ended. I'm pretty sure the bill's not on anymore, but the bill was an incredible TV show. Also, it ran for a very, very, very long time. And I thought at the time it was a bit ahead of its time, personally, when it did drop. And obviously stuff like Spooks as well does really well here in the UK. Anyway, um, I'm a big fan of Bosch Legacy, more so because the original Bosch is essentially based on this main guy here who essentially is a grisly cop, kind of a bit disenfranchised with stuff, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, he kind of gets himself in some dodgy situations. He kind of operates outside of the parameters of being a police officer and gets himself in situations. And, of course, throughout the entire series, what I do like about it is that sometimes the consequences of his actions are very grave. It's not like other shows where, like, he gets away with most things. Everyone kind of bends to his will. Sometimes he catches L's. And I like that in shows. It's more realistic. But then over time, it kind of, you know, ran its course, it felt like. And then this actress who plays his daughter was growing up at the same time, right? During the series was on. And I guess they were naturally trying to, like, push her to be a little bit more in the forefront of the show. And eventually it got to a point where it felt like they were going to maybe put, you know, do a little um, offshoot of the show and have the daughter to be one of the main actors, which I didn't really like because she's not the strongest actor in the group. Um, and the story isn't that compelling. But then when they decided to do like a Bosch legacy idea, which essentially was, um, you know, a few years after the fact removed from him, a few years after the occasions of when the previous season ends and he now isn't a police officer anymore, the dad, um, and he now kind of operates as a, you know, as a flipping private investigator for hire. But obviously he's got 20 plus years of experience working in the police department and also skirting outside the lines. So he's, you know, he kind of, takes to that role as a private investigator like a Dr. Water. But then at the same time he's doing that, his daughter has an epiphany and she's like, you know what? I want a purpose in my life, so I'm going to be a police officer. So you've got these conflicting 
battles going on at the same time. You've got the dad trying to maintain control or to try and have a grip and understanding of what his daughter wants and what his daughter's about. And he also got his daughter trying to kind of live her truth and kind of find herself through working for the police department, but also realizing that everything her dad told her um, about life in the police and whatnot was coming, was true and sometimes even worse than she would imagine. So I really... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So I really, really recommend that you check out uh, Bosch. It legitimately is one of my favorite TV series to check out. I really, really, really do enjoy it. And I feel like this current season is really good. And then, of course, I've got some new information here, courtesy of Variety, regarding it, which is amazing and I'm over the moon about. It says Bosch Legacy has been renewed for season three at Amazon Freebie ahead of season two premiere, which I'm super, super pumped about. It says Bosch Legacy has been renewed for season three. The announcement was made ahead of the Amazon's um, new front presentation in New York on May 1st. The first season of Bosch Legacy debuted on free on Freebie in May 20. 22 with season two set to air this fall like his predecessor the prime video series bosch the freebie series based on the bosch novels written by michael colony it says here the story of harry bosch has evolved over the years and his journey is so far from over anderson the head of avod originals unscripted and targeted programming at amazon studio said this renewal of chris bosch sorry of chris bosch of harry bosch and bosch legacy is a testament to the undurying power and the world of michael Connolly built we look forward to giving bosch fandom the next chapter for these beloved characters so i'm definitely a big fan of it um can't wait to see more of it so if you haven't got a series to watch and you're in the mood for some sort of crime police thriller type stuff please do watch bosch legacy and if you can watch the original bosch also it's absolutely fantastic great tv and i highly recommend it um let's big up the chat what are you guys saying here uh po9 bala says the last kingdom sherlock are the only good uk tv shows that are top tier um though we do make the better comedy shows which is the bottom red door for leg no no for sure i don't i don't believe that i think we have many many shows that are top tier when it comes to uk tv shows um especially when it comes to dramas like on itv on bbc like there's too many to mention even that i can kind of ring off um uh, I forgot there's that one with the lady from X-Files where she plays a psychologist and she's hunting down this um, serial killer. That show was fucking incredible. I forgot the name of it. What's, what's it called? Um, is it called Fallen? The Fallen? Is it called something like The Fallen or something? Let me see. Is it The Fallen? No. Um, X-Files lady. What's her name? Let's see what her name is. That woman from X-Files. That's it. Gillian Anderson. What's that TV series? Is in? Gillian Anderson um bbc tv series that for me i think it's called the fallen i'm pretty sure it's called the fall that's it oh the fall this show the fall i'm sorry might be one of the best tv shows the uk has produced maybe in the last decade for sure if you haven't watched the fall please do watch it it's absolutely amazing it features who's the guy's name again um is it cyprian something I forgot his name let me just put up on here so it can show you. But the full TV series, as I'm checking it out, is legit one of the best TV series I've ever watched. Three seasons of absolute banger. So it features, yeah, this guy called Jamie Doran and the woman from X-Files called um, Gillian Anderson. It's legitimately insane. Like one of the best shows I've watched in a long, long time. And obviously it follows Jamie Doran is a serial killer, but a really, really good one. And um, he gets away with a lot of crimes and shit. He does it in the most brutal, sadistic way ever. And then Gillian Anderson 
it's a police officer basically enlisted to kind of snare him but then they they develop this weird attraction this weird kind of like fatal love attraction type of thing so definitely recommend you check it out if you haven't already one of my favorites out there called the fool for sure moving on from that one we start to mention another show that i'm currently watching and absolutely loving it's called silo silo is legit one of my favorite shows that i haven't watched in a very very long no sorry that i've been watching a long time especially when it comes to sci-fi there's a book on it at the moment or there's books on it a whole series of books of it is free i'm actually going to be buying them just so i can find out what's going on because i'm not going to sit around and wait for the flipping seasons to play out so i can find out what's going on i'm too impatient but the general premise around it is that there's a small group of people right small group of people who um are living underground and um I guess they're living underground because there was some sort of atomic bomb, nuclear bomb, whatever that went off outside. And most of the population outside are either dead or highly contaminated. So they're having to live in this sort of silo underground. And the whole point of it is that that's where they're better be living. Basically, they're born there, they die there. But they have this view from the top of the side, the top of the flipping, you know, thing that they're in underground that shows them the outside, which they think is the outside. And over time, some people go a bit crazy or they get frustrated of living in that thing and they want to see what's out there and venture out. So you're allowed it, but you have to say these words. Then once you say the words, you're kind of put into prison for a bit. They put you in a shitty spacesuit and then they send you outside. And the whole idea of it is that you're not meant to go outside because allegedly the air is toxic. And because you're born inside of a silo thing, you'd imagine your immune system's all fucked up. You can't actually handle being outside in natural air. So that is the whole premise around it. So once, you know, throughout the entire series, what you kind of realize quite quickly in the first two episodes is that whoever told them that the earth is contaminated outside lied. Because one woman gets out and she realizes, I think you see that in the first episode, I'm not spoiling anything. So in the first episode, you see all this. One woman gets out and she basically sees on the other side of the thing that it's not what they kind of scream back in the window. So basically what they don't know is that the windows they're looking through is actually a digital um, render of what's actually going on, some manipulation. But it's not actually what they see when they're out there. Um, and then, of course, throughout the series, we're probably going to have to find out why are, they in, why are they down underground anyway? Why didn't they let them up into regular civilization? Um, there's going to be loads of things that's going to kind of occur. But I really recommend if you haven't got anything to watch again and you're a bit of a sci-fi junkie like I am, please check out Silo. It's fucking awesome. Really, 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 really good. Um, I really recommend you check it out. Um, silo it's available i think on apple tv or whatever maybe but you can find it in most places that you stream stuff or if you want in those illegal places but i'm not encouraging that of course i'm not encouraging that <laughs> anyway moving on from that one moving on we have to talk about we have to have to have to have to talk about the one and the only destroy lonely so m most of you aren't aware but Destroy Lonely, just fresh off of dropping No Stylist, it feels like just the other day, decided to drop not just another album, 20 plus songs called If Looks Could Kill. And this might be the album that essentially cements um, Destroy Lonely's sort of like position in this kind of new school of rappers coming up at the moment and sort of put some distance with, between some people. Because I don't think sonically it's that amazing it doesn't really take you on a journey a lot of the songs kind of sound the same but the quality of it the consistency of the tracks like the melodies like it's just on another level especially when you consider this kid's only like 21 years old 
and he's already got, I don't know, four plus albums, I think, under his belt. And then he's got, you know, an album like No Stylist, which is definitely going to age incredibly well. And then he kind of drops it and follows it up straight away with another one called If Looks Could Kill. Like, legitimately, this is looking like Destroy Lonely might be the guy. He might be him, Destroy Lonely. And it felt like for a while, him and Ken Carson, you couldn't really differentiate between the two. There was a moment also when Ken Carson, I felt like, was a little bit above him. But now I feel like Destroy Lonely is way above Ken Carson. And now there's going to have to be conversations had with some people, which I don't like to have them because I don't feel like comparing is necessary. I feel like artists can exist, coexist together, even if they've got similar sounds. But considering they're all signed to Opium, there's a conversation currently now on social media as to who you prefer from Destroy Lonely um, compared to Playboy Carti. And I guess because of recency bias... And because Carti is a little bit more eccentric, no, he's a little bit more of an artist in that sense, in that he drops, he drops when it's ready, he drops when he feels it, there's no rush, he's not constantly trying to feed the fans, when he's ready, he's ready. Whereas obviously Destroy Lonely is doing that thing that most kids at his age do, where they're just hungry to keep dropping. They're hungry to keep sharing what they've learned. They're sharing what they've kind of gained, the experience, how much they've got better. They just want to keep displaying to you and reminding you, hey, I'm him, I'm him, I'm him, I'm him. So if you want somebody that's going to be consistently dropping, consistently performing shows, who might do a few interviews here and there, obviously you would try and go for Destroy Learn or Ken Carson because they're not as recluse as Playboy Carti. But I think in terms of range, in terms of artistry, there's no comparing. Obviously, Pebble Kai is on another planet compared to these guys, but it's still great to see kids at this age being able to create work at this level, this consistency, and clearly have a differentiating sound. Like, I feel like nowadays, it's easy to discern between Destroy Lonely and Ken Carson. Two years ago, maybe more, it was really hard to tell them apart, but now I feel like it's so easy to do so because they sound so different, but they're obviously smashing their lane. Some tracks that I thought like were really, to kind of keep a note on that I really enjoyed um, on If Looks Could Kill were definitely... Mm, were definitely which one, I'd say. All The Time, Biggest Problem, New New, and of course, the last track with Ken Carson, which is called Money and Sex. But there's too many on there, to be honest. I think the first five tracks are already bangers. From what I could check on flipping my Apple Music, I'm pretty sure the first five already have stars next to them. So there's the ones that most people have rated to be the highest or the ones that have been played back the most um, from most people around the world are the f first three, which is How You Feel, If Looks Good Kill, Fly Shit, Which One and Raver. Obviously, Raver being the kind of standout one for me, anyway, personally. But honestly, the album is absolutely stacked. Please, what? Please check it out if you haven't already. I really have enjoyed it. And there's a small clip here actually I'm going to play, courtesy of Complex, which features Ken Carson actually, and um, what's his face, Destroy Lonely, talking about some of their goats and worst and and woats in terms of uh, you know clothing and shoes and shit. I thought this exchange was kind of cool. And the funny thing as well about it, I think this is Ken Carson's hand. Look at these kids, how amazing they are now. These, these younger generation. Look, he's got an incredible manicure done. His nails are absolutely shining. They look in prim proper shape. They take care of themselves. They both look like they smell like Comme de Garçons fragrances and shit. And they're talking about Rick Owens and expensive clothes. So clearly I'm going to be a fan of it. So check this out. This is Destroy Lonely and Ken Carson, Goat Talk, courtesy of Complex. Come on, brother. Load for me, load for me, load for me. Oh, it's doing me the white sign. See, too many... 
too many tabs to open, brother. Too many tabs to open. Me, I gotta kill this one and kind of come back at it. Exit pages. Come on, give me the old um, dinosaur sign, and then we can refresh this. But this is a pretty decent one. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Too many names to mention. There's too much swag, man. Too much goat talk going on. I had to refresh the thing. You feel me? I had to refresh the thing. Too much goat talk going on. Let's just rewind this and get this back on top again and see Wagwan. Bear with me a second here. There you go. <laughs> okay, let's get the sound going. Bear with me a sec, boom. And let's fast forward it over to the bit where they're talking about the boots and shit. I think it's around here. Maybe it's around four minutes. It should be. There you go. There you go. It's around here. Where is it? Probably around four minutes or three. There it should be around here, I think. I think so. It should be around here. Yeah, let's do this. Boom. Bruh, it's endlessly funny. I like a regular show. That shit just like, I don't know. It's some Who was just that? watching that shit? Boondocks. <laughs> crazy. You know what we feel like pulling the car. You skipped that one? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Hell no. <nah. laughs> goat shoes? Mm. Number one goat shoe, I say any boot, black Balenci boot, black red boot, whatever. Boots, boots, boots. I agree with that. And if... if I also agree with that. I am wearing sneakers. It, it will be Air Force Ones because it's like... Just white shoes, you know. <laughs> I also agree with that. Balenciaga and Rick Owens do make the best boots. And there's no defeating the quintessential Air Force One. It's the universal swag shoe of choice. Regardless of what outfit you've got on, what look you're trying to purport to put out there, an Air Force One in all white is going to make any look look amazing. Any look. Unless you have zero swag. But if you're after some boots, definitely Rick Owens and Balenciaga make the best ones. Rick Owens for definitely more of the, you know, tighter but chunkier silhouettes maybe a little bit more sleeker towards the shaft but if you want a classic you know like i don't know army inspired boot that isn't too crazy looking has that nice good flat outsole great shape chunky and bulky sole gives you a couple of extra inches if you're short Balenciaga definitely the way to go in my humble opinion go athlete you gotta answer that i don't even watch words go athlete I think Cristiano Ronaldo. That's hard. He owes some lit shit. That's the I feel one. like everybody know who that is, whether you even seen him play a soccer game or not. For sure. I don't fucking watch sports, but I agree with him on that. Kids that don't watch sports always flipping bug me out. Legitimately bug me out. Like imagine not 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 watching sports. Like day to day as a kid. Like and I feel like nowadays the kids are way more um they feel way more uh chill and they don't feel less inadequate to actually say that especially dudes i feel like before especially in my generation if you said you didn't watch sports people legitimately will start calling you the f word yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean they'll start questioning your sexuality if you didn't watch sports because it kind of was like the one of the main parts of like you know growing up but now looking back at it a lot of the friends i grew up with who watched sports would basically lie they didn't really care about sports. They just cared about hanging out with their friends. And if all your friends are going to watch football, going to play football, you're just going to pretend that you like it just so you can hang out. So I like that these kids are way more confident to say, you know what? I just don't like sports. 
not for me, not interested in the slightest. I do my own thing, but you could kind of miss me with basketball games, miss me with football games. I don't give a fuck. I think that's kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. So big up Destroy Lonely and Ken Carson. Uh, the whole interview is available, obviously, on Combat. It's not going to play the whole thing, but you can check it out. It's a good little segment called Goat Talk that they kind of put together. And obviously, um, they're having some cool fun. And also, it's good to see because they're label mates, but they're also kind of appealing to a similar demographic. I feel like it's just kind of swaggy to see that they're friends and that they're chill and cool. I think that that's the ultimate kind of sign that OPM is doing well and that these kids have got a good shoulders on their heads that they're kind, they're really, really, really similar. But they're also very, very different in terms of their sound, in terms of their personality. And they're clearly not on some kind of weirdo shit. They're like, they don't mind hanging out and being cool. I love that. I really love that about them. So big up those two. Absolutely smashing it. Moving on from that, let's talk about a little bit concerning the weekend and lily rose depp so the weekend and lily rose depp did an amazing cover story and interview with w magazine one of the last great magazines out there for the pop issue and unfortunately for me being a big weekend fan he announced via this um interview they did with w that most likely he's looking to retire the um artist you know formerly known as flipping the weekend that moniker, that artist, that character, he's going to put it to bed very soon. And in his words, he's actually going to kill it. He's going to kill it, which is absolutely disturbing and really kind of filled me with dread. But I understand that that journey and that story has kind of been run to run its course. There's only so many suits one man can buy. There's only so many little Michael Jackson, James Brown shuffles you can do. Maybe he's on some other thing and he wants to kind of pivot away from it. And I completely understand it. The one thing that was kind of concerning, though, watching or checking out some of the clips and the pictures from this W Magazine um, cover story featuring Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd, of course, to promote that new series called The Idol coming out on HBO soon, is the fact that it looks like The Weeknd might have got some work done. Is it me? My boy Abel might have got a little bit of filler put in his chin. And I only know that because I'm on social media a lot more, especially um, following these certain accounts. And it looks like his jawline is way more defined than it ever was in the past. Now, it could be that he's just been working out a bunch, but it looks like he might have got some really subtle, um, you know, uh, subtle work done the kind of work that you can't spot like the really small bits and pieces that make you look amazing like similar to like um what's her name uh the hadid the model one where you just get little stuff done like you take off the little bump on your nose you maybe pull a little bit on your eye just tiny things just to kind of improve the already amazing base that you have because you know clearly able um the weekend you know it's not a bad looking dude so if he does get a tiny bit of filler just to kind of make the chin look like a bit of one of those like you know meme chad bro type of things it probably sits well i don't know if that's a thing maybe it's a thing maybe it isn't i don't really care i still love the weekend he's my fucking guy i've been following him since the mixtape days um it's been pretty sick to see his journey going from the mixtape artist all the way to being one of the biggest pop stars in the world or the biggest pop star in the world and i love his evolution in terms of the albums and challenging people like myself um to kind of you know get with it or go home so let's read the article we're going to skip the first opening paragraph because it's usually filler go straight to the second paragraph of w magazine it says here as a trailer of the idol was projected onto the large um sorry huge sofi screens um deb rehearsed her lines with levison she was wearing a uh a the uh diaphanous white dress and um, with her blonde hair and a loose updo 
depth up large eyes and the exquisite bone structure of a model but as jocelyn she said she applied heavy eye makeup and exaggerated lip liner which gave her face a mask-like quality i was nervous wrecked depth said when i spoke to her later i was praying to all the guardian angels all the nepo baby guardian angels hey eh, lily hey eh? um i knew we only had two takes at so far i felt like i was going to my wedding i was i was all doled up and in white that finally worked up the courage to introduce Tedros. This is the love of my life, the man who pulled me through the darkest hours and into the light. She told the fans as Testify um, came out of a huge uproar. Despite her nerves, Depp was intoxicated by the power of being in front of a stadium full of adoring people. It was quite addicting, she said. I didn't want to leave. You see an amazing picture here of the weekend holding a cool little VCR camera. Love that for him. Um, was he wearing? He's wearing Saint Laurent. Um, and Lily Rose is wearing uh, Chanel hot couture. I love that whenever they put Lily Rose in Chanel, she's always lying on the floor or lying on things. They don't ever want to stand up because she's so tiny. Like, I think she might be like under five foot, but they always want to like kind of exaggerate her length and have her like, you know, splayed on the floor, standing on something, lying on something. It's like, come on, man, let the girl live a little bit. But hey, what do I know? It continues here. It says, um, Testify, meanwhile, was experiencing a kind of a breakdown. His two characters do not look alike. The Weeknd wears sleek black suits while Tedros has a rat tail and usually sports shiny 70s style um, half buttoned shirts with an aviator sunglasses. Um, I had to take off the Weeknd's outfit, put on Tedros wig, shoot with Jocelyn and then go back to being the Weeknd, he told me later. It was tough to go from one to another. It's funny that he's saying this because most likely we're going to watch this series, all of us, myself included, and we're just going to see Abel slash The Weeknd performing like or acting we're not going to see able the actor performing it's very unlikely because you know he hasn't done much acting anyway so it's very unlikely he's going to come out and smash this the first time around the only thing that's given me a little bit of pause on that is that it's hbo and hbo don't miss when it comes to tv series so if they're putting money behind this i'm assuming that lily rose depp and the weekend are going to surprise us all with incredible performances out of the gate let's see but um, I love that he's saying is like, you know, it's method acting. He was confused by the two. He says, continues here. It was tough to go from one head to another. Then after the concert, I lost my voice. No voice came out at all. That's never happened before. My theory is that I forgot how to sing. Wow. I forgot how to sing because I was playing Tedros, a character who doesn't know how to sing. <laughs> Amazing. I may be looking too deeply into this, but it was terrifying. As a weekend, I've never skipped a concert. I've performed with the flu. I'll die on that stage. But there was something very complicated about going on with my mind at the moment. You know what's funny as well about the weekend? There was a time growing up, and I know this because I'm a weekend stan, where there was a conversation people were having between who would you rather pick, Frank Ocean or the weekend? And obviously over time, the weekend's gone in a different direction sonically, but just career-wise, it's on a whole nother planet. But look at the difference in, in kind of attitude to performing, right? Like he kind of brags. He brags at the fact that he never has to skip a concert. Not a show, a concert. Never skipped it. He says, I performed with the flu. I'll die on that stage, which is the complete opposite of Frank Ocean. If the vibes aren't right, right? <laughs> if he hasn't got enough sage, he's not performing. <laughs> or if he does perform, he'll make you know that he doesn't want to be there by turning up in his pajamas. Very expensive pajamas, but pajamas nonetheless. It continues here. Testify's identity crisis was about more than juggling two characters in one night. He says, I'm going through a cathartic path right now. Sorry, a cathartic path right now. It's getting to a place in a time where I'm ready to close the weekend chapter. 
You hear this, weekend fans? He says it's getting to a place and a time where I'm getting close to closing the weekend chapter. Damn it, man. Damn it. I'm pissed. Selfish as a fan, I'm pissed because I love that sound. I love that synth. Um, synth. I love that synth pop, indie dance, new disco sound that he kind of has popularized and made his own. And I just want more of it. More. And the fact that fucking The weekend, Sorry, um, Tory Lanez is in prison now and most likely going to get sentenced to more than 22 years. His recent album that he put out was absolutely incredible. It kind of played along that sort of theme. And I thought maybe as an artist, he could have explored that way more. But I'd imagine after doing six years in prison, the last thing you want to do is start, is start singing like, take your love away or whatever. I mean, you don't want to be bopping and doing your Michael Jackson shuffle in the dance floor. So he's probably going to come out sounding like fucking West Side Gun. Boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? That's what's going to happen. Um, but anyway, continuing on, he says, I'll still make music, maybe as able, maybe as a weekend, but I'll still want to kill the weekend. And I will eventually. I'm definitely trying to shed that skin and reborn. There's no doubt in my mind that the weekend's still going to make music. He's just going to have a different moniker, but he's definitely not going to quit. No way. I don't see that because he loves performing. You can tell he enjoys the, he enjoys being an artist like putting together a song, crafting it, and then presenting it to the world, and then having a chance to perform it, he fucking loves it. So I don't think he's going to quit that anytime soon, but it's just a bit sad to hear that he's giving up the weekend moniker. He continues. He says, more than a year ago, before the Surfy show, Depp was asked to audition for the role of, of Jocelyn. See, that's Nepo baby shit. Asked to perform. Asked to audition. <laughs> Amazing. I got love Lily Rose. She was arguing against being a Nepo baby, but this is the most Nepo baby thing I've seen in my life. It continues, says, I've never would have, I never thought I would get the part. All right. She said, calling from Prague, where she was on set for a new film called Nosferatu, Nosferatu, sorry, in which she plays the disciple of Dracula, another sinister but seductive man. I knew that there will be many lovely ladies who are more musical than me, but I thought I'll give it a go. Depp borrowed a tight pink satin skirt and a purple tank top from her mother, Vanessa Paradis, a former French singer and model and actor. Her father, a fan certainty knows, is um, Johnny Depp. I wanted to wear a pop star colour, she said, and I wanted to channel a certain LA feeling. I grew up in LA. I'm an LA girl and so is Jocelyn. I wanted to capture the style, the mix of mischief and shine. I'm curious of the girls that got turned down for this, especially other famous actresses or actors, I wonder. Or maybe other people just turned it down because this features Abel. I wonder if you're a big, if you're a big actress, imagine if you're like a Scarlett Johansson, would you take, no, she probably isn't a good example because she's a little bit too old for this role. But if you, I don't know who, who you could name, but I wonder if, if you're a certain actor of a certain ilk, maybe being associated with a first time actor in the weekend in this type of series is a little bit too risky. So you're like, you know what, if this goes badly, this is going to be a mark that's going to, this is going to be like a black cloud over my head, so I'm going to just not do it. Or maybe Lily Rose Depp is legitimately a really good actor and she smashed the auditions and she got the place by merit, which, you know, is doubtful because she got the audition off the back of being who she is. So, you know, who knows? But I'm curious to see it. I'm really, I'm open. Um, really cool picture here featuring The Weeknd wearing Prada and a David Human necklace and a Cartier watch. Love that for him. Not a fan of the not a fan of the knit with no undershirt um maybe my nipples are a little bit too sensitive but that'll cause rashes and shit and will just make me feel a little bit frisky so not for me personally um carry on here you got the weekend in a nice saint laurent overcoat looking absolutely fantastic lily rose here what's she wearing there she's wearing uh 
Schiaparelli, um, Couture, Mesa Mangella shoes. And the next one is a flipping uh, Luebe jacket. That might be the same Luebe jacket that, um, what's his name? That Rihanna was wearing, actually. Rihanna was pictured, you know, pregnant style with ASAP Rocky. And I think she had a similar fur coat to this. So big up her. And of course, a Mickey Moto earrings. Um, continues here says the closer real life twin to Jocelyn is probably Britney Spears. But Depp also saw shades of cinematic femmes, fatales like Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct and Jean, sorry, uh, Jean Moreau in Jules and Gin. Of course, I'm a Britney fan, Depp said. Who what doesn't love Britney? But I was also thinking about Beyonce, Mariah, and every huge pop star of our time. I wanted Jocelyn to be a kind of woman who can dominate a room, someone who doesn't even shy away from their sparkle. For her audition, Depp said that she had to sing a cappella. And I thought, here's where I don't get called back. She sang a minute of fever. I was going through the casting tapes and Lily Rose immediately stood out, says Ashley Levinson, Sam's wife and executive producer of Idol. She has that kind of vulnerability and strength that was crucial for the character. To guarantee that Depp had, would click with, with Testify, Sam Levinson. <laughs> this is funny, the chemistry test. I wonder what the chemistry test is. You two go into that room and just start touching each other or like dating in the dark. We're going to turn off all the lights in this room and you're going to be in each corner. Then you're going to meet each other in the middle and just go for it. <laughs> you know just gonna go for it in the middle of the room i wonder what the chemistry test is in acting anyway it continues here um sam Livingston insisted on the chemistry test the quote says we had we had met socially but i didn't know him Depp record abel is so warm and friendly but i was very nervous about the chemistry read because i really wanted the part like all my on favorite on-screen couples, um, Jocelyn and Tedros complemented each other in the most dangerous way. They had that push and pull connection. Saw like Blueface and uh, Creshawn, right? Um, it continues here. It says, after she got the part, when Levinson was on board to direct, Depp decided to dye her hair. Jocelyn could be good. She could be evil. You never know. I grew up watching older films, especially French films. Women like Bridget Bardot have beauty mixed with I don't give a fuck energy. I wanted that feeling for Jocelyn. Okay. Look at Lily Rose Depp doing her homework. Bridget Bardot. I didn't know she knew who Bridget Bardot is. It's pretty sick. Interestingly, Jocelyn says here was not always blonde. The character evolved considerably over time. In fact, the current version of the series, which will air on June 4th, is a reshoot and a reinvention of the entire first season. They reshot the entire first season. Oh, this isn't looking good, bro. <laughs> this isn't looking good. Jesus Christ. Testify, um, Abel says that he would come up with the original premise for the show with his production manager or partner, sorry, called Reza Fahim. Abel came to us with a pitch. Um, he said something that I always remember. If I wanted to start a cult, I could, which is very true. He definitely could. What he meant was that his fans were so loyal and devoted that they would follow him anywhere. And that was a germ of the idea of the idol which happens when a pop star falls for the wrong guy and no one speaks up Leroy's Depp there um good pictures look at that oh this picture's fucking amazing with the weekend he's sitting down in front of screens um that show different bits of Lily Rose you know blowing kisses and shit on these VCR monitor type things that, she's, that he's probably looking over but the main thing that I like are these shoes I know a lot of you won't be fans of them, but to me, these are fucking amazing. These, I'm pretty sure, are Luebe. So big up Jonathan Anderson. I'm pretty sure they're current season, maybe from full winter 2023 or the recent one. They look amazing. They're essentially like pumps that have got this amazing sock liner. Sorry, they've got this amazing fur type of um, sock thing that goes over the top. 
kind of remind me of like a really upmarket pair of Uggs or something. These look incredible. I'm a big fan of those. Um, it continues here, says, after the meeting with Testify, Levison was so excited that he couldn't sleep. Um, two days later, he had an outline for the show that could be... Um, that could be a week later, he wrote the whole script for the pilot. HBO immediately said yes. They immediately said yes because Levison was busy with the second season of Euphoria. He and Tesfaye and Fahim chose a different team to direct the work for Idol. After seeing what they created, Tesfaye decided to pivot. Reportedly, the emotional tango between Tedros and Jocelyn was not as complex as what he and Levison had envisioned. If that core relationship didn't work, the show would not be good at all. Um, film and TV is a new creative muscle for me, says Tesfaye. I don't release any music until I think it's great. Why would this be any different? Okay, so he redid the first season, redid the first season because... He wasn't complex enough. It wasn't layered enough. It didn't ask enough questions. It didn't push the audience enough. It didn't tell enough if an interesting story. That's kind of comforting, I think. It continues to testify, um, or Tesfaye. I, I'm, I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I'm pretty sure Tesfaye has a calm demeanor. Demure. Um, he's very polite and soft-spoken, but he has an undercurrent of steely determination. Um, I like when all the odds are against me, he said. I've always been an underdog. In the beginning, the music business was not easy. I had to fight to get to the top of the mountain. Throughout the process of bringing the idol to life, Levison and Tesfai, um became close. Sam followed me to Coachella. He said he stayed in the background, but he watched what, how I moved and what it was like for me. Sam understood something crucial about how to create this show. After seeing the first version of the idol, Tesfai invited Levinson over to his house in Bel Air. Quitting the show was, wasn't an option for Abel or me. It was a dream that we had together and we would see it through. If we were going to reshoot from the beginning, I knew it had to be for less money. Sitting in Abel's house, looking around the four to square feet, I said, it's stunning here. You could buy a production design studio like this. What if we shoot it in here? Abel put down his drink and said, do you, do you have insurance? He said, yes. And I said, I'm okay with that. So they shot some of the series in his house. I need to see what this house looks like. Look at these, look at these shoes. They look incredible, man. Wow, I love all of it, to be fair. More shoes. I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's kind of long. But yeah, let me see, actually see. What does the weekend's house look like? Uh, let's see this. The weekend Bel Air home. What does this look like? I'm a, I'm, I'm curious, bro. They, show, they shot an entire series of a show. Oh, there we go. I actually checked it out before. Damn it, man. There we go from Architectural Digest. I actually visited this link before, hence why it's in the purple. I had no idea. I didn't remember this. Maybe it was just too many amazing houses to mention. Ooh, look at that. It looks like a, it looks like a pimp's house, doesn't it? It looks like a playboy's house. Like, this is amazing. It's got that... Oh, it actually looks like the house from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Is it the same house? It's got the same type of... Um, what you call it? Stair... Um, what do you call it? How do you call those things that go up to the house? Is it called stairs? Or there's a there's a term for it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but anyway, it looks very similar to how it is on a freshman's of LA. Obviously, the door will be closer, but wow. It's got an amazing swimming pool. There's probably a gym down there, 17 bedrooms. That's fucking incredible. R&B Superstar here, courtesy of Architectural Digest. R&B Superstar has purchased a ballet mansion for 70 million. 7 million, 70, 7 zero big ones. Wow. That's crazy. The home measures approximately 33,000 square feet and packs quite a lot within it. There's a gym, movie theater, music studio, sauna, hammer, um, indoor pool. 
among the offerings on the inside. There's exterior uh, Bosa sports court, an infinity pool with a waterfall, dramatic split staircase leading up to the upper patio. All of, oh, that's it. It's a staircase. Split staircase. Um, the purchase comes just months after Blind Nightstar sold his former home in Madonna to Madonna. Oh, look at the inside of it, man. God damn. This looks amazing. Really nice home. So, yeah, big up Abel. Uh, big up Lily Rose Depp. We will see when that series drops, if it's good or not. We will see when that series drops, if it's good or not. Moving on from that, we have news here courtesy of Stussy. Stussy have just released their spring, summer, 2023 lookbook specifically the Stussy summer 2023 lookbook and it's absolutely flames but it's also 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 concerning because it looks like jorts jorts are here to stay and i'm pissed because i fucking hate them so this is courtesy of Stussy. It's a feature on there. You can check it out yourself and you see some of the looks regarding their new summer 23 collection. And the first thing that comes to mind when I saw the second look here in the middle are these jorts, which all the kids seem to be on. If you see a kid out there under the age of like 25, if they're not wearing Arterix and, you know, Solomon shoes, the next thing they're wearing are fucking jorts, which are these big, you know, baggy denim shorts that basically go over your knees and look like you're from the 80s or from the 90s for me in my opinion they look absolutely horrible especially when you think about the silhouettes and the sizes of clothes nowadays they just look really out of place and really flipping crazy and to be honest they look really dated like it looks like the kind of thing where if you look at yourself in terms of fits you know two years um hence wearing these type of things you're going to be really grossed out and kind of unnerved that you put these things on but i legitimately hate jorts there's nothing more i hate than fucking jorts when i see looks like this specifically the first thing i think about is that this kid probably listens to nts he probably rolls up his own cigarettes um he probably wears white socks of everything probably has really dirty fingernails um what else i can think of he probably has you know 17 of the same carhartt jackets um you know what else i can think of here he's if the, if he's got a girlfriend she probably wears air maxes and has unnecessary long acrylic nails um you know that kind of person that's who i think who wear jorts it's just not for me maybe i've been aged out of them or whatever it may be but if i'm wearing denim shorts i'd much rather wear denim shorts where they come above the knee or denim shorts that they feel like they fit you know, they don't feel look baggy. I don't necessarily understand the need to have shorts. Like when I want to wear baggy shorts, I want them to look like basketball shorts. I don't want basketball shorts of denim. I don't. Yeah, I don't want denim basketball shorts. That sounds like a nightmare to me. So the jorts thing, I'm absolutely over, and I hate it. Hate it more than ever. The looks that I do like, actually, that I am fond of, are unfortunately one of the looks here with the flipping camo shorts because I feel like a good pair of camo shorts is a mainstay in most people's wardrobe and i think of the times when i used to go to flipping hardcore shows and shit one of the things that all the guys used to always wear back then were denim were sort of cargo sorry um camo um cargo shorts and band t-shirts and jordans or like vans they used to be the quintessential look for a guy that was into metal for a guy that was into hardcore you see them at shows with those going on so i do like that kind of you know resemblance back onto that and another thing that i also like is this jacket 
um, which I feel like is going to be incredibly popular. You can't really see the detail of it too tough in this picture, but essentially it's got a Stussy logo here on the front, um, a really nice, simple design with some concealed hidden pockets here diagonally on the front. And whatever the texture is on this jacket, it feels like it's been over-dyed or maybe it's been washed. I'm not really too sure, but it looks amazing. And of course, they've got the model who does the stuff for denim tears. He always looks really good in clothes and sells them pretty well. But look at those jaws. Look how terrible those, like, the upper the upper looks amazing, right? He looks great. Everything looks cool. The cane rolls are tight. The, the beard has been bearded. The jacket looks great. But then you scroll down and you see these salmon jorts. The salmon jorts are terrible. The shoes are even nice. The socks are too. But this particular, these massive um, dyke jean shorts are not for me. I fucking hate them. Legitimately hate them. I want to burn them all in hell. I hate jorts so much. Um, continuing on, another look that I really did like. Uh, again, you see the same jacket. So it comes in the blue. So whatever that over-dye material is that they've got on the jacket is on there. For sure, this is going to be two of the items that are going to sell out insanely quickly, these jackets. And again, look at these baggy shorts. These baggy shorts look way better in that shape and that length because they're like, you know, typical, what looks like to me, um, material that you'd wear when you're wearing a, a basketball jersey. I think it's like polyester. I forgot the actual material. It's kind of shiny. This makes more sense. And they've also got the kind of classic old school 80s um, logo of Stussy with the guy with the surfboard, the original kind of Sean Stussy designs. I'm not too sure if those shoes are Stussy collaboration also, but I like the look of them. And then um, we've got another look also that I like. I'm going to feature here. Let me scroll around. Oh, I do like this as well. This piece again. Look at the jorts. Look how disgusting they look. Look, horrible. This look on the upper. You've got this um, crochet looking polo top. I feel looks amazing. This crochet polo top is really beautiful and I'm sure it'll come in different colors and it's really versatile because if you want to wear it in a come in a somewhat streetwear type of way, you'd wear it baggy, maybe your size or a size above with a shirt underneath. If you want to give it a little bit of a Berlin um, queer LGBTQ tint and tilt, a little bit of a howl inferno tilt, you just, you know, wear it maybe a size down and take off the undershirt. So you can expose the nipple a little bit, show people the abdomen and show people what you're really working with underneath. Show a little bit of those Instagram tattoos underneath you. Know I mean, so I like that crochet top. I think that looks absolutely incredible. Big fan of that. They've got the boots there in this look, which looks decent enough in this lady. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really too mad at that. Um, this jumper looks amazing. You can't really see it from the picture, but essentially it's been... Um, there's like a tonal Stussy logo here on this nice knit jumper. This is really nice. So I feel like this, if you know, if you want to, you know, still have a sprinkling of streetwear when you're going on your little smart casual jaunts to work, this is definitely a look that's going to really work the good way. Got some nice um, lace up 1460 um, Dr. Martins there with some nice pants. And then, of course, you've got the same pants here, which I'm a good fan of. Two dye. Looks like they've been, again, over dyed maybe, maybe bleached again with the massive shorts. Look how goofy and horrible this looks. This guy definitely looks like he's going to steal your wallet, innit? You got sandals on and, you know, long baggy shorts with camera with cargo pockets on it and a jumper. This definitely looks like a guy that's either going to try and ask you to invest in, invest in his hard seltzer brand or he's going to steal your wallet. Um, you got another one here, nice cargo look there. And then I think there's another look that I wanted to highlight that I liked. Again, that jacket is going to sell out. There we go with the Stussy on the back. It's definitely going to do bits and numbers. And I think there was another look here. Oh, that's the one. I think it's this one. 
this look that I really liked also. One of my favorite looks with this pinstripe shirt here and this nice pair of cargo pants and great trainers. Like this looks amazing. And of course, the crochet top. Look at that. Look how amazing that looks. That crochet top is great because in black, that's a top that goes well in Bergheim. In this kind of lime color with no shirt underneath, that goes well in Panorama Bar. Super versatile. I love the look of it personally because we styled really, really great. And of course, this look also with the overdyed or sunburned um, pants again, this time in that salmon creamy colorway with some Timberlands or whatnot. That looks really cool. So yeah, big fan of it. The only thing I don't like are the jorts. The jorts can go to hell. And also this look, right? I, I swear, anyone that wears a short sleeve hoodie, you deserve to be thrown off a bridge. There's no place where you need a short sleeve hoodie in my entire life. I don't get it. Either have a hoodie or don't. But short sleeve hoodie is absolutely weird. But I do like the combats. The combats look pretty decent. So big up them or the cargoes. Yeah, but so far so good. Um, when it comes to Stussy Summer 2023, I'm sure a lot of it's going to do really well. And people are going to be all over it. When it eventually drops, they're going to be all over it, mate. They're going to be all over it. I guarantee that. And it's going to be available. Actually, no, let me give you the dates. Actually, I forgot to give you the dates. The dates here um, for North America release, May 12th, 10 a.m. PST. UK, May 12th, 10 a.m. GMT. And Europe, May 12th, 10 a.m. CET. Japan and Korea, May 12th, 10 a.m. JST. You can check it out at stussy.com. Moving on from that one, we've got news here, courtesy of Supreme. Supreme have decided to do a really cool collection with Clarks, mate. That's the thing that's absolutely crazy. They've got this great collection with Clarks. And I wonder if it's just the shoes or if the clothing is involved too. Because the clothing looks absolutely smashing. I swear to God. I swear to God it looks amazing. So this is courtesy of Supreme. It says Supreme Clarks Original. This spring Supreme has worked with Clarks Original on a custom version of the Wallaby. I love that. Custom, bespoke, done only for Supreme. You're not going to get this anywhere anywhere soon says here the shoe features a premium suede upper with a plique pattern leather lining love that and natural crepe sole made exclusively for supreme the wallabies will be offered in three colorways available may 11th and available in japan may 13th now tell me without telling me that the look with the clothes looks amazing i'm sure this is probably mainline but god almighty this look here with the red and the yellow hoodie with the same sort of pattern on the wallabies oh this looks fire it's like these cutouts they have on the top of them they look so fucking good and the only thing i hate about wallabies personally i've owned too many of them is that if you wear them too often the soles give out really quickly crepe soles um, especially if you walk weird you end up with the slant on the back of your heels and they just look really busted so if you buy a pair of wallabies nowadays i feel like you've got a maybe have a good rotation of them in your wardrobe or i guess there's also an option if you want to i'm guessing if you want you could probably go to a cobbler and get the bottom of the crepe sole kind of reinforced maybe with a really really thin outsole so so that you wouldn't waste away the crepe sort of way but quite you know part of the luxury or part of the niceness of wearing a wallaby is that you get that kind of soft bounce so i'm not really too sure actually looking at the picture here the second picture I feel like this clothing is like specifically made for the Clark's collaboration because it's got the same pattern um, that the shoes have on the clothes. And it's sort of like, you know, this amazing um, patch that they put over it. It looks amazing. I love it. Or this applique, basically. It looks really great. So I think it's actually a custom footwear. So that'd be a first. I've not really heard of Clark's making clothes. So she might be a bit of a first in this one. 
Like, look at this, look. This is me all over. Look at this. And again, whoever's doing the photography and the styling for Supreme nowadays, give yourself a hand, round of applause. I feel like it looks a lot more natural, a lot more lifestyle-y. There's not the constant need to always have some sweaty dude doing a heel flip over a rail. It's just nice lifestyle stuff that kind of gets it across really well. They've got, look, they've got at the back a little bit of Dragon Stout. If you're from ends, you know. If you live in ends, if you're actually from the hood, you know what Dragon Stout is. You know what Dragon Stout beer is. You know who drinks it. Big up my man them. Wagwan. Beer can. You know the vibes. But yeah, look at this. This looks so cool. You got this guy um, with his pants sagged, um, wearing the Clark's Wallabies, and his face kind of hidden behind a brush. That's a really great picture, to be honest. That's a picture that you'd see hung somewhere in, like the you know, in the flipping Barbican or whatever, right? Whitechapel Gallery. They'd have this hung somewhere. Um, and again, look at this nice look again. The, the red and the red and orange ones are definitely the standouts. These are definitely for me the standouts. That like, they look so good. Look at Supreme models having diamond rings. Things have changed, isn't it? Jesus Christos. Back in the day, be wearing cash and watches. Now they're wearing diamond rings. But these look so good. Look at those shoes. Ooh! Hoo -hoo! These look fucking sexy, yo. I'm not going to lie. The red and orange, they look so nice. Oh, ho -ho! look at those bad boys. Red and orange bombers. And it's got a little supreme hit there around the back. A little bit of a supreme embossed. So you can remind people on road that these aren't some regular clerks that you get from fucking, um, you know, Oxford Street. These aren't clerks with a clerks with a fur. You know that song, right? Right? Clerks. Right? You know that song? Do you know that song? That song? Clark song? What is it called? Let me get this up on you. That clerk song is absolutely legendary. Who is it again? Is it Buju Banta or Vibes Cartel? Oh, it's Vibes Cartel shit it's a vibes cartel song you guys remember that right classic oh <laughs> big up big up these look fucking incredible i love them um orange the red and orange, whatever colors you got here, you got the black with the white contrast stitching. Oh, fire again. God damn it, these look hard. And what else you got? Oh, and then you got the classic cream sort of colorway. Oh, these look so good. But for me, the red and the orange ones are definitely the standouts. The red and the orange with the full suit. Oh, look at that, mate. Everyone's auntie's getting juked. Everyone's auntie's getting juked. Know what I mean? You wear the red and orange ones. Everyone's auntie's getting juked. Auntie me thirsty. Auntie me thirsty. <laughs> Look at that, man. Me thirsty, auntie. Me thirsty. <laughs> Big up Supreme. Big up this Clark collaboration. Absolutely incredible. Love everything about it. Definitely want the clothes. Maybe more than the actual, out. you know, the shoes. But I think this look is absolute god tier. I'm not going to lie. This look is absolutely God tier, man. Fucking hell, man. Fucking hell. But yeah, big up Supreme. Cop them if you're ready. If you want. If you got the monies. If you're not, then cry. Cry into your pillow. No one cares. Cry into your blood clot pillow. Moving on from that one. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. So, this is an interview courtesy of the one and only 
Throwing Fits podcast and they featured this girl called Brenda Hashtag who is now going by Brenda Weisher. Weisher, Weisher, please forgive me for lack of pronunciation. A lady from Germany, obviously, specifically from Berlin, who is a little bit of an influencer style icon over there on the social media platforms and stuff. I kind of found her randomly, I think on Instagram, because I remember just seeing, oh, who's this girl that's always wearing all black? That looks like an absolute ghost and stuff. Like, why well, go on for this? She's always went all black or all white. That's her entire wardrobe. I think she's even got this really funny picture of her wardrobe in her house. And it's just like a massive rail. And one side is black and one side is white. That's all she wears. It's pretty crazy. So um, I checked her out and stuff and saw her, you know, because it's kind of surprising to see like somebody from Berlin who's actually got legit style and doesn't just look like they shop, you know, 100% in flipping flea markets or they look like they don't live in a fucking ashtray, or they don't look like they live in an apartment where they sleep on a pallet, and, you know, and they carry around a book, you know, they carry around a copy of, like, the gay science they've never finished, you know? <laughs> they kind of rant and rave about postmodernism. Um, they ruin the vibe at the afters by flipping, putting on some fucking lecture in, some, in the middle of you flipping, racking up lines. You know that kind of person, right? Zero swag, zero style. Um, but she obviously stood out a little bit because she actually dresses pretty nicely and actually wears luxury brands and clearly wears them, buys them, sells them, styles them and shit. So it's pretty cool to see. Anyway, um, she can be a little bit annoying. She's got a little, a little things that's kind of annoying. One thing being that she does not waste an opportunity to tell you she went to St. Martin's. I went to Central St. Martin's. Right? I studied at, you know, Central St. Martin's, this illustrious design school here in London. I did product design. I'm very good at doing that sort of thing. I haven't obviously, you know, taken it up as a career, clearly. Hence why I'm talking to you through a fucking iPhone. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it is what it is. You go to the university, it's cool, it's sick. But after a while, especially in your adult age, it's not really something to kind of flex on too much because you're kind of creating your own history by the work that you're doing in real time. No one really cares what college you went to really for the sake of it. I could have learned that shit in open university. I could have learned that shit, you know, via YouTube and it would have been the same results really and truly, even though not really because I probably didn't put my best attitude forward when I was doing the course. Uh, when I went there, you know, especially when I was doing, you know, product design at St. Martin's, all of the students, most of the students in my class were from Asia, specifically South Korea, actually, which was weird. I think the year that I went to uni, everyone from like South Korea who was working at fucking Samsung and shit went to uni went to university. So again, these people were like in the mid-20s at the time. They went back to uni to get extra qualifications. Imagine that. I was fresh out of college, 18 years old. I didn't even take a foundation to go into St. Martin's. I went straight in for my sixth form with my graphic design folder and got into the flipping degree course. And then I'm competing, quote unquote, in the same class as like guys and women with children and shit who worked for Samsung back at South Korea or like a design studio back there or in Japan and shit. And they're now kind of working alongside me when doing the same brief. So when I'm kind of presenting my shitty sketches with my hairy lines and they have these amazing draft drawings that come from books and shit that look like they've been flipping, you know, done in CAD, but it's all from freehand. I'm standing there thinking... <laughs> so my Central St. Martin's experience wasn't the greatest. So when I hear somebody, you know, bragging about Central St. Martin's all the time, especially somebody who's achieved as much as this girl has in the short space of time on social media, it's a little bit weird. But to be honest as well, a little bit of self-reflection, part of the reason why she is successful, especially in her field, way more than I am, is because she's able to do that self-marketing self-speak, right? They're like, 
you know, your little five minute elevator pitch thing. I've got, uh, you know, what's, what's she got? She's got like um, an archive store where you sell, you know, um, luxury brands and stuff and collections and pieces from yesteryears. I have this pop in Instagram, creative consultant. I'm not an influencer. I'm not a stylist. All these type of things that like you've got to have these pictures that you throw out. Sandra St. Martin's, blah, blah, blah. And obviously the aesthetic is definitely striking. You'd notice that from afar. So as much as I can rag on her for like mentioning St. Martin's way too often, I also feel like she's definitely clued on and definitely a smart girl. Anyway, long story, less long. She had an interview with Throwing Fits where she um, dropped a couple of gems and these are the clips that they posted on their socials regarding them. I'm going to play them back to back. One clip here features why she got banned from flipping Soho House in Berlin. And I know this story because I featured it in my podcast and it was regarding Bottega Veneta doing a, uh, con you know, a, a collection showcase in Berghain during the height of the pandemic and flying over all these celebrities to do it, having a big party, having Virgil DJ, you know, whilst everyone was locked down. It was really bad optics. But um, Brenda hashtag gives a bit of background as to what went on and the fact that she was maybe one of the people that kind of led to the overall cancellation of Daniel Lee eventually when you got the boot from... Uh, Uh, or if you believe the PR story that he left but this is Brenda Wesher hashtag on throwing fits talking about it let me get it up on here bear with me one second there we go it's loading now do you know my Bottega scandal? No. No, tell us. Oh my God, I'm kicked out of So House for that. Daniel Lee Bottega, they flew to Berlin to shoot their show in Berghain. It was full lockdown. I started posting about it and then it took off and it was in the national news. It becomes a whole scandal and it was kind of part of the downfall of Daniel Lee at Bottega. This is so dark, but for example, at LVMH, after John Galliano's scandals, as put lightly, and Alexander McQueen's death, I think they're trying a lot harder to control in a positive way their creative directors that they don't uh, go on cog benders or that they have security i think at lvmh these things will not happen anymore creative directors like driven crazy by the amount of work the pressure the whatever and at caring i think daniel lee was is one of the reasons why maybe they are also and then balenciaga obviously reworking how the creative directors work how much pressure is on them yeah. how much are they allowed to say how much they are allowed to go off the rails you know i think so that will break their minds yeah. mm. but the funny thing about this is an interesting story so she said she broke the story about daniel lee doing the flipping you know showcase and collection thing in berlin during the height of the pandemic the funny thing for me I think about this whole idea behind these big fashion groups, LVMH carrying this ad into reigning their creative directors. They're the ones that give the creative directors the free reign. They kind of enjoy the chaos and the madness because usually it kind of impacts their bottom line. Usually the mavericks and the psychos and stuff, it kind of adds to the allure of the brand. I think so anyway, it does for me because I feel like they're a lot more like they're a lot more human. They have a personality behind it. They're not just kind of robots that just kind of do the brand design and go home and kind of rinse and repeat. They live a life and they're sort of like imbued and ingrained in the clothes that they flip and design personally. So it's really funny in that, you know, Daniel Lee goes all to the trouble of having his collection shown at Berghain. Then I think the last collection before he left, he showed it in Detroit because he loves techno and shit. So he went to all these par- all these places where he went to party and the excuse to probably get fucked up and shit. He did it all under the w- watch and approval of caring. Then when it goes badly and the public react, you know, don't react well to it, Kering suddenly pushes him to the front and kind of puts their hands up and says, nothing we could do. It wasn't our fault. It's just him. He's loose. He does what he wants. No, 
You approve it. You give him the flipping company card. You approve all the flipping, you know, dancers and models being sent over, makeup artists, all that malarkey. So to kind of, you know, absolve yourself of blame when it gets a bit sticky is a little bit gross. But I also do remember, this is a, the, the funky thing about it is that during this time when this event happened, I remember kind of Virgil getting a lot of stick. Because if I'm not mistaken, Virgil Abloh, RIP to the go and, you know, God bless the dead. He was, if I'm not mistaken, um, the DJ at the event. So they host this, um, showcase. Um, I think a collection drop. It was, a it was, it basically like a show they did, but it was kind of off season. It felt like, no, it wasn't off season. It was on season, but they hosted it in Burkhan, if I'm not mistaken. And then the after party took place at the Berlin Soho house. And, um, you know, they flew people over, obviously in screen, you could see Skepta there. And they had also Virgil DJing there. The really sad thing about Virgil DJing there is that number one, I think it was one of the best outfits that Virgil's ever worn going to one of these events. Legit. I'm trying to see it here on the flipping rub through, but it wants, it must be one of the best and most iconic Virgil Abloh outfits that he had on when he went to the flipping uh, Bergheim to do the flipping show. Let me take the sound off. Actually, let me just replay it one more time. I'm pretty sure there's a picture here of Virgil walking to the show. It's one of the most iconic. Um, yeah, this one, this look here with the jersey and the hat and stuff and the glasses and the jacket and the big turquoise pants. Like this look is absolutely banging. For my American listeners or viewers of a live stream, do you know what team that is jersey is wearing? I have no idea what hockey team or whatever team he's wearing there, but that jersey looks incredible. The really sad thing about this bit of suite is that we thought this look was amazing. I did anyway. But if you look at it, the fact that he's concealing his hair and his face and stuff, most of the reason why is because this was when he was in the throngs of his chemotherapy. But we didn't know at the time because he kept it completely secret. Um, obviously, him and his family only knew and his close friends. Um, but he didn't reveal it to anybody. So the entire time that he was getting cancelled, number one for the George Floyd... Um, protests and stuff and the donations that he was making and the fact that people didn't think it was enough and then he got and then and then i think he got cancelled also because i think he made some comment about the riots and the looting and then people were trying to cancel him because he attended the show he went and attended the show during the height of the pandemic he went and dj'd at the after party and you know little did we know he was flipping battling cancer and actually going through chemo hence why he was covered up the way he was he covered up his face covered up his hair and all that malarkey so that's the bittersweet type of side of thing of things when i kind of saw the clip overall so r.i.p virgil god bless the dead and all that malarkey and um yeah it was really an interesting change in ownership when it comes to daniel lee because i feel like the daniel lee story the funny thing about it is that the fact that this alleged story of him allegedly calling some black woman or black person in the meeting a black cunt or whatever he called them is definitely kind of swept under the rug and people have more smoke that he did the pandemic shit says everything about the pandemic hysteria. COVID-19 broke all of our brains to the point where people are more offended that you hosted the party during the flipping, you know, the peak season of the pandemic and lockdown than of you potentially being racist. <laughs> Racism can just chill Oh my God, you're not wearing a mask. Oh my God, where's your vaccination card? Oh my God, you're doing a party during lockdown. Die, 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 die. It's like, come on, guys, man. He allegedly called somebody a black cunt in the studio. And then he went away, came back, and he's got a job at Burberry. What the fuck is that about? That sounds about white to me, innit? That sounds about white to me, mate. That sounds about white. Anyway, next clip here featuring brenda hashtag brenda washer is this one courtesy of throwing fits where she talks about the most interesting subject and something that's a bit complex and a little bit nuanced and stuff concerning the scene and concerning the fashion industry and in general is what happens at night 
we all know if you're part of the scene and whatnot you know unfortunately being involved in it and going to you know going to collection releases going to private views going to after parties going to fashion shows going to panel discussions um, going to store openings going to these things in person and hanging out and just being a good vibe and making friends and networking can really get you a long way sometimes get you longer get you further in your career than actually being good at what you do sometimes focusing on just being a cool person to hang out with bonus points if you know where to get the drugs bonus points if you've got the link for all the best spots in terms of guest list bonus points if you can always get a table at the best restaurants bonus points if you can get mates race at hotels all this stuff can actually help you get further in these kind of avenues and these sort of fields than actually being good at a craft being good at your job it's sad but it's true so if that's the case, you have to play the game to kind of favor you. And I like what Brenda said here because effectively she's straightish from what it sounds like. She doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs for the most part, doesn't really party, yet she's been able to ascend to this lofty position in fashion, mostly from building her own platform, having her own audience, and then leveraging that. She's gone from being a little bit of an influencer, social media star, to then going and doing some contributing with 032C, the amazing magazine, which I have many of over here. Right, see 032C. Look how many 032Cs I have. Look at that. One, eh? Two 32C. Three 32C. Four 32C. Many, many, many. So she's now the, you know, the, I think, fashion director of that magazine. So that's a great position. But the reason why she got it is because she's got a pop-in, flipping social media. So the need to go out and party and do that whole druggy thing is completely gone. So I do like how she basically interpreted it. So this is a message regarding it. Curse your throwing fits. Let me get up on your screen. Bear with me one second. Boom. Good. I'm kicked out of No. No, tell us. Oh, wrong one. Wrong one. Wrong one, major fail. Go back again. I think this is the one, right? Uh, it is the one. This is the one. This is the one. This is the one. So this is the one where she speaks about it. Who's your favorite person in fashion to party with? I'm in bed by 10 p.m. I also, I really, I don't do person in fashion to party with. I'm in bed by 10 p.m. I also, I really, I don't do drugs, and most people do. So at some point, you have nothing to talk about with people. Mm. They're pitching you on so many good business ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, this is also very overworked people who are expected by their bosses mm -hmm. to still be socializing and out at 11 p.m. No, sure. I don't have to do that. People suck up to me. My influencing status now maybe this, Thanks. but these are very hardworking people. I'm not excusing drug use again, but I understand where this comes from because yeah. they don't work nine hours. This is like an endless cycle and fashion deals are made at 2 a.m. This is how it's super yeah. toxic. There's but no they work-life balance at no, all. At all. Yeah. Where the worst collabs are born at 2 a.m. in a bathroom. <laughs> no, <small>. fully. <laughs> But this is where it happens. Doing Fendi Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is how it happens. And there's also no HR for most people. If you're freelance, any stylist, any yeah. producer, any anyone, if you're being abused, you have no one to talk to. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So this is, I mean, that's really. So, yeah, good point from her. And I do love, I love the point that she made, specifically the point around, I don't have to do that anymore now because people suck up to me. I think that's the major thing. And I think for me, that I think has been the key difference to this newer generation of kids coming up. I feel like the kids coming up nowadays are not really enamored about working for an illustrious company, working for an ID, working for an arena home, working for a Dazed, working for a 032C. They're not, they don't care working for a, you know, Condé Nast 
most of these kids i feel like want to build their own platform and leverage their fame and their attention with these platforms and then kind of get the best of both worlds so that you can have the job and the kind of clout and the sort of prestige that comes from working with a Vogue, but you've got your own thing going on. So that if Vogue say, hey, fuck off, we don't need you anymore. We're all set on our diversity hires. No more affirmative action. Black people go outside, right? After all the BLM things are over and they send you back out on the streets, at least you've got your Instagram. At least you've got your social media to keep popping and doing that type of thing. So I feel like that's the thing that a lot of these kids are inherently doing, which I like. And also think about it from, from a point of view of securing the bag, you're always going to be in a strong position because you're operating it from the point of like, you're working with them as a collaborator, as a freelancer, as a contractor, as opposed to an employee. So you come in with a bit more clout. They're going to have to order the fucking, um, the pret-a-manger platter for you. They're going to have to take your dietary concerns into consideration. They're going to have to order an UberX to pick you up and shit. They're going to do all that shit and treat you like a star because you are. But if you're just an employee, you have to get there yourself. You're lugging all the equipment there yourself. You have to spend loads of money out of pocket. You have to invoice all your expenses and then get paid it back in six months. It's a terror. So at least when you're approaching it from a point of view of like, no, I'm actually, I'm actually that person. I'm actually that girl. I can hold my position. I've got my platform. You know why you're coming to me. I can get the views because I'd imagine that column that she's got for 032C is basic, right? You can just like, it's quite easy to say, hey, this is what I'm bringing to your platform. This is my column. I interview all these amazing people. The Rick Owens, you know, article probably is doing numbers. Um, you can see the click-through rate, the read rate, blah, blah, blah. And you can say, hey, since I've joined your company, I've kind of added this amount of views to your platform. You know, back up the fucking Brink truck. Give me the bags. Give me the euros. And let me keep going. I love that side of things. And then I also like the idea behind it of like being a part of the scene, kind of, positioning an image out there about yourself but then, but then also not kind of buying into all the fluff and the nonsense because i feel like being able to be a part of the scene purporting this image and then just kind of living life is kind of a good way to kind of get in and to kind of make yourself a bit different for everybody but also kind of focus on your job which is the most important thing because i feel like a lot of people probably similar to her who are very social media you know um native and kind of want to present a certain image about themselves, they probably care about that too much. But I feel like she's got a good balance. She kind of does the whole social media thing, but also clearly works um, very hard in the background um, to do her job. And clearly, if you're sleeping at 10 p.m. every day, you can get a good eight hours in, wake up in the morning, do what needs to be done, answer your emails like a good you know, influencer does, take your dog on a walk and you know, style some bits and bobs and do what needs to be do with a fresh mind as opposed to get it out of your brain like I would be. So that's great to see. So yeah, she seems really cool. Seems really great. Check out the interview. I haven't listened to it in full. I'm only about halfway through at the moment, but it's up on Throwing Fits. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. They've also got a Patreon, so support them on that regard. And he interviews some cool, interesting people within the fashion space. So if you haven't seen that, please do check it out. It's absolutely amazing, absolutely incredible. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's absolutely great. Moving on from that... What else we got to talk about here? Oh, I think that might be it, you know? I think that might be it, actually, weirdly enough, because um, we're already one minute, one hour, 30 minutes in, mate. So I think that might be it for now. So thank you so much for those of you who have tuned in 
to check out the show. I do appreciate each and every one of you. It's been an absolute wonder, wonder, wonder to entertain you this last hour and a half. If you have enjoyed um, what you've seen so far and you're watching the live stream, please make sure you smash a like for me. I would really, really appreciate that. That would really help to kind of boost the channel and get it needs to where it needs to be. If you're listening to this via the live stream, don't worry. That's cool just flipping you know enjoy that's all nice if you listen to this after the fact then please make sure make sure if you listen to this after the fact that you do flip in make sure that you share it with your family and friends i'd be greatly appreciated also and then i'll see you guys on the other side in it thank you once again for tuning in been a pleasure to have your company big up the stream chat big up mega mega fan big up lucid footwear uche's in the chat big up brandon of course as per usual in here big up p09 who else is in the chat here too many names to mention crash 984 all of you in the chat that have been hanging out here Emmanuel santos earlier i appreciate every single one of you and um, take care be safe my family my friends i'll see you guys again very soon peace Niggas the ragged and whole shit, yeah, I go through and I'm poppin' that new boo Niggas still watchin' my old moves, it's a new season, nigga, no Hulu I'm the top floor boss, I walk in, who me now? Nigga, who you? Dark ass ass, yeah, she through I pull out on Sprite, tryin' to see it through You losin' it, doubt what you doin' Put it on, put some marvels, I ain't do it Too much, the breath is zippin', I been sippin' I been losin' my mind, I been trippin', I can't trust these bitches I already know what's goin' on, but I know I'm gettin' richer and I ain't been that home and I don't know and I'm gonna get there I bought a brand new home, it's been two months and I ain't been slipping. I work all day, I don't go out, I don't even need no section If you put me next to all these rat things, you know I'm the freshest And I tell them niggas to sell my records, I'm tryna collect the extras And I promise I hit the bestest, but white hoes look like Kessel I can't already fit the sketch If you try me, you learn your lesson Swap out, I'm on to the next one Swap out, I'm on to the next shit They walk in, I walk out the exit Pussy dead, scratch it up my schedule Put red to red, lights, purple Why I got purple, huh? I'm a soldier, bitch, that I live in Honey, lies, not my eyes If you know me, no, I keep it bullshit If I stay high Everything I do super new And I don't even try Put the clothes I threw on today I think that I could fly on medication, have at least a day to touch the sky Yes, I know, even made it, baby, why not try? I'll see you later, maybe tomorrow, baby, gotta count the squad Too much, the methods see that I be sipping I been losing my mind, I been tripping, I can't trust these bitches I already know what's going on, but I know I'm getting richer And I ain't even been back home, and I don't know when I'm gonna get there I bought a brand new home, it's been two months, and I ain't even slipping I work all day, I don't go out, I don't even need no section If you put me next to all these rat things, you know I'm the freshest And I tell them niggas to sell my rankings, I'm trying to collect the extras